0: here on this tuesday morning it is march 2nd 2021 in case you're watching this after the fact we are continuing our trek through the book of exodus and the israelites as we have seen have come through the red sea and sort of this massive redemptive moment that sort of and captures the whole of um, what God is doing redemptively in the hearts and lives of the people of Israel and now they are setting out on their journey they're heading to Mount Sinai and as we saw yesterday they have begun grumbling and complaining because they have nothing to eat and nothing to drink and what we are going to um, to see this morning okay is God's response To their sin God's response to their need God's response to their complaining and this is um, a, a large portion that we're gonna read this morning we're gonna read Exodus 16 9 through 36 and we're gonna dive in I don't know how far we'll get in covering things because there is some this is such an important chapter as it relates to its fulfillment in the ministry of Jesus and so we're probably going to spend a day or two um, on this and so let me read this passage and then we'll dive in so we're going to look at exodus 16 beginning of verse 9 then moses said to aaron say to the whole congregation of the people of israel come near before the lord for he has heard your grumbling and as soon as aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of israel they looked towards the wilderness and behold the glory of the lord appeared in the cloud And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumblings of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall take an omer according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them let no one leave any of it over till the morning but they did not listen to Moses some left part of it till the morning and it bred worms and stank and Moses was angry with them morning by morning they gathered it each as much as he could eat but when the sun grew hot it melted on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread two omers each and when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses he said to them this is what the Lord has commanded tomorrow is a day of solemn rest a holy sabbath to the lord bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning so they laid it aside till the morning as moses commanded them and it did not stink and there were no worms in it moses said eat it today for today is a sabbath to the lord today you will not find it in the field six days you shall gather it but on the seventh day which is a sabbath there will be none On the sabbath day some of the people went out together, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the sabbath, therefore on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place, let no one go out of his place on the seventh day, so the people rested on the seventh day. Now the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations, so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness, which I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar, and put an omer of manna in it, and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna 40 years, so they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan, and an omer is the tenth part of an ephah. Okay, there's a lot here, and like I said, we're going to take a couple of days to, to unpack this. But let's get the overview here. They're out in the middle of the wilderness. The Israelites—they've left Egypt in haste. Um, they have been complaining about not having anything to eat or drink, and here we see, um, as we saw a couple of days ago, God miraculously providing for them. First of all, he he provided them by making the water um, the sweet, the bitter water sweet. We saw that a couple of days ago, and now we see him providing food miraculously quail or or bird meat was to appear on the ground in some form or fashion in the evening and manna um, this coriander-like sweet honey wafer was to appear on the ground in the morning now one thing we want to say right off the top is how striking verse 9 is it says then moses said to aaron say to the whole congregation of the people of israel come near before the lord for he has heard your grumbling now at that point, um, let's think about all the different responses that God might have given the Israelites. Now he certainly um, could have disciplined them at this point and in, in, a, in, a, in, a pretty, in a pretty straightforward way. In fact, we're gonna see that happens many times, okay, as the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness. But for this go around, note that God's instinct towards the Israelites is one of grace, he moves towards them in their need. Now it doesn't mean that when God disciplines he's not moving towards us in his grace, he most certainly is. But what this shows us is that his grace, his initiative grace, sort of forms the whole umbrella of this covenant relationship he has with Israel. He's called them out of Egypt and despite their lack of faith, lack of trusting, grumbling and complaining, God knows that they are sheep. And so he moves forward um, in offering grace and mercy. And again, what a picture of the gospel for us, right? That, that God has saved us, he's called us out of the land of Egypt, so to speak, of sin, of exile, of slavery, he's freed us, he's redeemed us, he, he draws us into worship with him, and what do we so often do? We complain, we grumble, we have lack of faith. If God treated us as we deserved, every time we did this we would be wiped off the face of the map just like the Egyptians were and so what we learn is that God deals with us according to his abundant mercy his his he's slow to anger abounding in love patient with us right in our struggles and in our suffering and in our sin and so so we just want to understand that giant umbrella Of grace of initiative that flows over all of God's interactions with us in Jesus Christ whatever else God does either in disciplining us or staying his hand it's all a matter of grace as he works to conform us to his image now a second thing to note in this passage is this idea that the Israelites were only to gather enough food to eat for that particular day um, that if they attempted to store up uh, food so to speak to use on subsequent days um, then then what would happen is that this uh, the food they would stash away um, would would spoil it would go rotten and and particularly a great temptation this was going to be for the Israelites was on the Sabbath so God told them To gather up enough um, manna and meats and whatever to last them on on that on that first on that last day of the week which was which was Friday so that they could celebrate the Sabbath which was on that Saturday without having to gather up and of course it tells us here that some people did not listen some didn't gather enough Um, and so they went out to to look on the Sabbath for food it wasn't there okay There was others who again tried to store up food on a non-sabbath opportunity and their food spoiled And, and we have to ask what is the point in all this why did god make it that they would have to come each and every day to find this miracle of manna and quail on the ground why didn't god just give them a lifetime store right why did god why, why didn't they just have stacks and cases of this stuff in their tents? Why, why do they actually have to physically come out of their tent every day and, and look and have that day's provision? Well, it's self, kind of self-explanatory, right, in the way I'm talking about it. They had to be taught and they had to remember that their provision was from the Lord, that, that it wasn't anything that they were doing. It wasn't because of their ingenuity um, their cooking prowess, their storage um, mechanisms that they would employ that would feed them. They were dependent upon God's daily bread each and every day. In other words, they could not presume okay upon their own efforts. They had to lean into the grace of God, and and you can see why this might be the case because. Um, Think about the times in our own lives when things come to us easily or things come to us smoothly. And when those things happen and we kind of have this uninterrupted cycle of like good things happening to us, good things coming to us, us not having to to try particularly hard, things just kind of fit, things just kind of come into place, whether it's family, relationships, jobs, money, you get what I'm saying. Um, It's so easy, right? to forget that it's God's sovereign hand, his grace that's standing behind all of it, that's orchestrating, that's protecting, that's guiding. We, it's so easy to presume upon that grace. It's so easy to begin to slowly assume that things are running so well because we're so awesome, we're so organized, we're so smart. But when God keeps the Israelites coming, right, day um, after day after day, what they come to understand is that today I am dependent upon God's daily bread for today and tomorrow guess what I'm still dependent upon him and the next day I'm still dependent upon him and and this was seemingly the the, one of the great lessons that God was wanting to teach them Um, he did not want them to be functional deists he doesn't want us to be functional deists which means that he is going to bring times of testing just like he did with the Israelites with their food and drink to remind them that they are dependent upon God and to lean into him and I think this is what Jesus um, picking up a couple things Jesus said right in the Sermon on the Mount where he said do not be anxious for today okay or for tomorrow Um, today has enough trouble of its own Um, will God not provide for you and, and there seems to be the sense, and John Piper talks about this, that God gives today's mercies today. He doesn't give us tomorrow's mercies today. He gives us tomorrow's mercies tomorrow. And, and because if he forecasted for us the nature of his mercies tomorrow, then we wouldn't trust him. We wouldn't pray to him. We wouldn't come to him. We think it's all about us. But by keeping us in a daily posture of need, um, we, God, ha, God is continually reminding us um, where, who supplies our needs. And so even Jesus' you know, admonition um, you know, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, where um, he's teaching the disciples, well, this wasn't in the Sermon on the Mount, but when he teaches his disciples to pray, right? Um, Give us this day our what? Daily bread. Not our weekly bread, not our monthly bread, not our yearly bread, but our daily bread. And this is to be a pattern throughout the course of our Christian life. And so if you find your day not going well, or if you find circumstances in your life are pressing in in a way um, that, that, that's sort of taking you off your game uh, or your expectation, just remember it's not God's punishment, it's his loving, loving discipline to bring those things in to say, hey, I want you to ask for your daily bread today. It also gives us confidence not to have to worry about tomorrow. There is a sense in which when we get to tomorrow, God will meet us um, with our needs for tomorrow. All right, so that's one, I think, big lesson that we get from Exodus 16. Now, the next time or two, probably looking at now two times, we're gonna talk about why this particular moment of of redemptive history the the feeding the the god supplying the needs of these two million in the wilderness with manna how this parallels with one of jesus's most famous miracles and how this this miracle manna in the wilderness is really a prelude a type that we might better understand who christ is and what he's done for us so we'll talk about that tomorrow the next day we'll probably talk about Focusing on this idea of, of sabbath and how that relates to us now and what sort of principles we can draw from exodus 16 um, about how we are to approach our own rest and our own work but that's for another time but that's it for today we hope you join us tomorrow same time same station let me pray for us lord continually remind us that it's in you that we live move and have our being lord we're, we're nothing apart from you and father we come to you asking that you would give us our daily bread today so let us walk in prayerful dependence father let us not worry about tomorrow tomorrow has enough trouble of its own we know that you'll provide tomorrow's mercies when they are needed and so father um help us to have a prayerful posture today as we walk in dependence upon you in jesus name we pray Amen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. See you later.